When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the Love of Pomegranate podcast is brought to you today in association with the Who Knows Wins app. Do you have somebody in your family or in your life who thinks they are the absolute Nostradamus of guessing all the scores correct and all the games getting all the results correct on any given weekend well who knows wins app would be a way of you calling their bluff what it is is it's a social sports game where mates friends family colleagues you may name it can pit their wits against each other for real money but most importantly for the all important bragging rights of being that person who knows just that bit more about sports than everybody else. Um, you can use the app for free. It is a free app to download from the iOS and from the Android store. Um, if you don't have a custom league that you've set up yourself, don't fear. You can always play in in-app leagues as well with the community that is there. And you can join one of those. Just like this week's Pick 10 League has a £6,000 prize fund. That might be something that might interest you as well. You can keep on top of all the live action with in the application with live updates and live score updates in real time which is really really handy and so far since its inception over two million pounds have been won on the application itself just a couple of things to mention too you need to be 18 years or over to use the application application is available in the uk so some of our listeners outside the uk may not be able to to avail of this application and lastly please 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 remember to gamble responsibly so thank you once again to Who Knows Wins application. And now let's go back to the podcast. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello everybody and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast, Neil and Paddy again and we said we'd better come on on a Tuesday and rake over the coals of what was, uh, I suppose, pretty pretty lacklustre game for both sides I thought really against West Ham um, at the City of London Stadium last Saturday. Uh, result didn't go our way obviously, um, 
But uh, look, we're going to have days like that, especially when we're playing away from home. But Paddy, how are you feeling about it now? We left it a couple of days. Things similar. Um, I think I think I'm still feeling exactly as I did after the game. I'm 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 neither here nor there about it really. Um, it wasn't one I was expecting us to win. It wasn't exactly uh, a Premier League classic that you're going to look back in years to come and there'll be reruns of it. It was probably one of the worst games I've watched this season. Um, and yeah, we just, you know, after after getting three in a row, it's, it's unfortunate that it came to an end. But as I said, for me, it was expected. Um, the manner of it, I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't get something out of it because I think we probably deserved at least a draw over it. But sure. We'll, we'll go through that now. Yeah, I, I, I think in the cold, cold light of day, when I look back at it as well, I don't think West Ham were two goals better than us. I think, we, I think realistically speaking, it was two tired teams went out against well, we're each only, other. We're only one goal better than us. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I don't even, I mean, they, they didn't even deserve to score two goals against no, us, if that makes I know sense, you, you know. Um, yeah. But it was, uh, it was a lackluster game, not helped by a referee who just decided he was going to be Mr. Let It, let it Go. Um, <laughs> thought he was fucking awful, Petty. I thought he was absolutely awful. It's the second you know game. What, Neil, second game, the... he's ref for us, and he's just been—he's just been erratic from the point of view of every like everybody goes. Oh, we love to see a referee that lets it fl- lets it flow. But if the other twenty referees in the league aren't letting it flow, and your players are going into this game, yeah, oh, look, just. Uh, but o- only the Premier League could shite. import a referee and be wor- and be worse than the absolute crap that they have there already you know it just it just doesn't make any sense to me he he was a he was a, a champion a couple of years ago as a, a mic'd up VAR referee so we don't know what's going on now when he has no mic because he has to behave himself so yeah I don't get it I don't I don't get why you're importing somebody to do exactly the same job as the rest of them are doing only worse yeah, and when they, then was it was a Clattenburg that they farmed out to to Middle East some league in Middle East? Wasn't that well, didn't farm, didn't farm him out. He left. Yeah, <laughs> was that was that it's over the Ed Sheeran concert? Is that what happened there? Oh, that was the beginning know. of the oh, end, I, was it? I, I don't know. I remember what was it? Uh, didn't he? He got he got Champions League um, trophy tattooed in his arm or something. That was the beginning, beginning of the end, I think. <laughs> a lot of that stuff. Anyway, anyway, he's not here to defend himself. He's not here to defend himself. But um, no, look, I, as I said, we went we went to the City of London Stadium. We were the away team, you know. When you go to away games like that, you're going to have to try and dig in. And and to be honest with you, it's we've seen it in Villa Park. It's it was our job to go there and make it as difficult for them to play as possibly could. And I thought we played some of the better football in the first half. We were very unlucky with some chances. Jacob Ramsey, the one that just brings to mind was Jacob Ramsey makes a brilliant run through the middle of, the, middle of their defence. And if I was to Coutinho, who tries to back heel, and if it had got in, I'd still be running around the square uh, <laughs> shouting at Roar. And I thought it was a fantastic run. And it was a great, it was a great individual piece of uh, uh, grab, the, grab the ball by the scruff, of, or grab the bull by the scruff of the neck. I thought that was good. Um, Danny Ings had a chance, came back off the post. Like, how many times we've even in computer games that comes back off the post, hits the keeper, goes back into the net, you know, yep. or as it comes back off the post straight into Fabianski's arm. So there's, there's look with the game. I, I think it's I think it's fair enough to call it lackluster because the game was it wasn't a classic from both teams. But as I say, um, 
I wasn't sitting down afterwards bemoaning Aston Villa Football Club thinking that we need to sell this person or Jared there's only a couple of games to save. No, it wasn't anything like that. We were a way team against a strong yeah. West Ham team um, who, but neither team actually played their best football on the day and it wasn't helped, I don't think, by the goal. And I always, on a Monday morning, I sit, you, you wake up and you, you think about the weekend mm-hmm. and I, I, I always think to myself, you know, it, it, it sets up your week for you, but my week was fine. I woke up Monday morning. I was over it. I was over it five minutes after the game ended. So not nothing to worry about. It was it was just one of those things. It could have went either way. It didn't. We weren't robbed. We weren't we weren't done by by VAR or anything like that. It was just you know a couple a couple of mistakes that led to two goals, and we are beaten two one. Yeah. Um. There was a couple of interesting pieces I took away from the game. Uh, like the most, the most uh, disappointing thing for me is we're going. To look, it looks like we're going to be without Luca Dean for a significant period of time. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, the drop off to Ashley Young, as people know, and I'm, I'm just like I'm not doing this to be contrarian. I'm not doing this to just have somebody that I can say X, Y, and Z about because I'm a positive guy. I usually am. I just don't think Ashley Young is of the quality. He's nowhere near the quality of Luca Dean. Nowhere near it. And the drop-off is huge. Um, West Ham didn't care about him uh, at the weekend. Once, once he came on, West, West Ham actually filtered people right over to, le- to, the, to their left-hand side so that they could... Uh, because they knew that we had no attacking intent coming down that side from, from Ashley Young. If Luca Dean was there, I can guarantee you they would have kept uh, ben, ben Johnson back there. But Ben Johnson moved into the middle of midfield and he actually crowded the areas out for Coutinho. And, mm. uh, and and he did it at his ease, you know, because they knew Ashley Young couldn't get up. Now, the one time Ashley Young did get up the field, we, yes, Leon Bailey loses out to Declan Rice, who makes a fantastic run up the field. Bailey should have shielded the ball a bit better. But once again, I go back to, go back to the standards of refereeing within the Premier League. We all say we want the referee that lets it flow. But that's, a fr- that's probably a free, I would say, Maybe about 70, 75% of the time. That's probably a free the way Declan Rice comes through the back of him. Bailey should have been better. Not saying that he shouldn't have been. He should have controlled that ball. He should have been able to take it around him. But Declan Rice gets a run in it. Ashley Young doesn't move for the first, I'd say, about six seconds when Declan Rice starts running. Pablo Fornells gets into that area where Ashley Young should be if he stayed back or if he had went to make it went to track back yeah. but he knew he didn't have the legs to get back there anyway but just left us completely open Stephen Gerrard makes a makes a uh, he makes a comment not specifically about it but he mentions Leon Bailey loses the ball when we were in uh, our groupings were all wrong for the position of the field that we were in which is completely acceptable for the fact that mm. we were attacking and you don't really expect Declan Rice to go on a big lung buster of a run like he did there but we lost it and when we were, our groupings were wrong. But our groupings were wrong, yeah. probably because we were chasing the game. But, like, there's like Ashley Young, would, the only way he would have got back there is if he caught a bus. Yeah. Um, you know, and and, look, and I'm not, that's not to say Luca Dean might have struggled to get back there either. But I would, have, I would have a lot more faith in Luca Dean in the attacking side of things and the mm-hmm. defensive side of things because we, we got nothing going from the attacking side of things with, with, with yeah. Ashley Young either. And I'm like struggling to all, see how far forward he's going to be able to get. It all it all depends who you're up against as well. Um, yeah, I was completely I, look. I was disappointed when Luca Dean went off, but I was completely fine. Um, just going back to that Leon Bailey thing, you know, if if you're in the in the attack like that, thirty yards from goal, you shouldn't be giving the ball away there. That is the number one rule when when you're trying to we're trying to create a counter. You keep the ball in those positions until you can find a little 
space to play it through or or to get it to the byline and cross it. Um, yes, I think it was a foul. Um, you're talking about a but, lung butcher. But, but, the ball was played into Bailey and like he, he got to Bailey and the ball more or less the second Bailey got the ball though. You know, so maybe it was McGinn's ball was... Possibly, yeah. And then McGinn got too close because... Well, sorry, Paddy, I, I'm, 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 I'm cutting over you. I really apologise. I'm just thinking back to it now and if somebody can, if somebody's re-watching the game later, just look at it. The ball, the actual ball... The correct ball was probably the ball out to fucking Ashley Young, not to Leon Bailey. So here's me giving out to the correct ball because he was in his own. He was an acreage on his own in an attacking in an attacking uh, position. But mm. Pablo Fornals literally had to run of the game to get into that position afterwards. Sorry, Paddy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go for it. <laughs> well, the De- the Declan Rice one because because we were too too far forward. Well, not too far forward because we were where we were supposed to be going going to try and. The game. All he needed to do was one minor sidestep, and he had McGinn on his arse. Now, it was unfortunate McGinn fell, but I don't think there was any way he was catching him with with, with him facing the goal. He's deceptively quick. In fairness to him, I don't have much time for him, but he's deceptively quick. And uh, look, we, we we you know I'd like to say we were beaten by the better team, but we weren't. Um, I think I think it could have been. As you say, go back to that Danny Ings chance. I think that goes the other side of the post, and we're the ones defending for our lives for the rest of the game. You know, you know they're in trouble when when Moyes is out absolutely berating referees for absolutely no reason. Um, maybe our guy needs to start doing that when we're two one down, or or when the other team are chasing it back in. He just gets away with murder. The fourth official is standing there, and he's about ten yards outside his, his technical area, which is half a mile long as it is. And the fourth official is just talking to him, not like get back in in your box. Like it's crazy yeah. stuff. But horrible stadium. The, the, oh, it's absolutely horrendous. Um, like I, I want to go and see it for myself. I was supposed to go this time, um, but it just it just didn't happen for many reasons. But I, I want to go next year just to see how bloody bad it is. All of the horror stories I've read on on social media from friends of mine that were there, you know, they're just mm. too far from it. There's just there's just nothing going for it. There's nothing around this. It's soulless. There's nobody singing. There's no banter. Like anyone can sing blowing bubbles, but there's only so many times you can sing it. You know what I mean? When they're coming in, when they're coming in, and when they're going out. So I I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what possessed them other than probably money to move to that stadium. Yeah, I suppose at the time there were a different proposition as well. If I'm right in saying, when was it that they moved there? Was it 2000 and... It's after the Olympics, wasn't it? 2012. So it would have been 2013 or 2014. Yeah, I think I went to Upton Park in 2015. So nearly sure it was 2015. So maybe 2016 that they started there. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Anyway, this isn't ground watch. We'll have one of those some other time. Um. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I suppose just just kind of like, uh, and we're we're only raking over the calls. We're not. This won't be like a forty-five minute um, uh, podcast on it at all. But uh, the 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 thing for me in the game, look, that their strong players stayed strong from minute one to minute ninety-six because there was a lot of minute ninety-seven, whatever it was at the end. Yeah. Um. I don't think our players flagged as bad as a lot of people did. I but I do think that. Uh, I do think that we like like their their first goal. Call it for what it is. Their first goal. Yarmolenko finds finds space. Fair play to him for for the space. But that little top walk finish that that puts every defender in the league 
uh, on the back foot because it was just so quick and fast. Yeah, he's got five yards too much space in the box. One hundred percent, I agree. But like, if he swings at that, the only way he can get a clean shot on goal like that, I think, is with the poke that he goes for. Mm. And fair play to him for trying it. It was like very it was emotional time for him, first time back on the field that since uh, since his country was it was uh, was in the turmoil that it's in, and um, he showed the emotion. But uh, that gives the team an awful lot of leverage because I thought that they were going nowhere up until that moment, and they really weren't. Michael Antonio had gone off, Cresswell had gone off. And I thought the game was going to be there for the taking for us. And they just got that goal at that real opportune time. I think it was in the 70th mm. minute, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Real opportune time for them. And we, and couldn't, we, we couldn't move back up through the gears again, I don't think. Uh, until no, I, I see the, game the game changed on Antonio's in, uh, on his injury because he was toothless. He, he, he struggled to get into the game. And then all of a sudden, he, he goes off injured. Yarmolenko comes on and it's 1-0. <laughs> it's just our look, but you that's know? good, Paddy. For the whole game, they were over. They were ultra and overly physical. Like, and let's not say this. That was like you see it all over the place. You see that uh, you know West Ham bullied us out of the game. What do you expect? That's their fucking tactic. Yeah, their tactic is to be stronger than everybody. That's why they've got two mountains uh, of defensive midfielders in Rice and Suchek. That's why they've got. That's why Craig Dawson plays centre half for them. Mm. You know, Craig Dawson is in there. And that's why Mikel Antonio is up there. They're there to bruise you. We've got two, we've two players that they, 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 they were bleeding in the game. Yeah. You know? So that's, that, that's what you get. So it's, it, and, and yes, to, to a decent extent, they did bully us out of it. But what I would say, like, like that's where it comes back to, to, to the inconsistency of the refereeing as well. There's a lot of times people go through the back of Villa players there in that game. And you can say, oh, get up. You need to be stronger on the ball. But you just can't. If you're trying to control the ball and someone comes right up and knees you up the hole, you know, like what can you really do? It's it's just one of those things. You'll get away with it sometimes. You won't. That's the they're the home team. I I've, I'm doing a 180, almost a 180 based on two podcasts ago when I said home and away doesn't matter. I think from sometimes when you look at it in a game like that, when one team is way more physically and physically adept than the other, that uh, the home status does uh, does affect. Um, I, I, again, from that point of view, and I think I think you kind of do almost let the home team set the t- set the tone of how physical the mm. game is going to be. You know, Douglas Louise gets kicked in the head, a very very grey area. Um, you know, there, but that doesn't help us. The fact that there's a grey area there. Fernandes' foot was wildly high. You know, mm. it was wildly high, and and there's cutting a man's face there or whatever. Yeah, look, it's only a cut. He's going to live, but. Little things like that, you know, it was just just a bit annoying. Uh, they didn't influence the game that much, um, but you know, we could have still won. We could have still won. Yeah. They could have still been as physical as they as they needed to be. It's just, I I think the Yarmolenko goal really turns the whole thing in its head. Well, of course it, it does. It, the time it allows, that it happens, it allows them to pack the bus and hit us on the break, which is exactly what they did. And if you look back, we went back to the, the days of last season of those chipped balls in on top of Burnley absolutely wasted time putting the balls in like that against West Ham but it was just we were just out of options if we got to the byline and tried to pull the back the two central midfielders are sitting there waiting to clear it up they had us they had us once they went 1-0 up I knew it was game over at that stage having said that we worked very hard to get back into the game we looked like we still had some legs which was a pity we didn't see that earlier in the game so uh, you know give them a little bit of kudos for that we looked like we looked like 
the the fitter fitter of the two teams for the last ten I minutes as well. And I think we're yeah. in the minority, Paddy. I think we're in the minority to think that. No, well, like we we created chances. We did. We 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 were we were running at them. We I thought we we did fairly fairly well in the last ten minutes. We just we just couldn't. They just they're just one of those teams that you just cannot go behind against. And let alone go two behind. You've some you've some hope with one. You might get a bit of luck. You might get a long range effort. Um, you you might get a, a smart bit of play like we saw. Even Buendia, everyone's shouting at him to shoot, and he was clever enough to pull it back to. Well, maybe he wasn't clever enough. Maybe just the way it panned out. But he was he was he was uh, he got it back to to Ramsey even in a much better position to use the defender as a wall and curl it around him. So, um, there's more. I think there's more. Let, let's think, talk about that before we move on, Paddy. Jacob mm-hmm. Ramsey's finish. Like, mm-hmm. we've we, we've been... Like, the man on the sideline in, in, in the overcourt, Stephen Gerrard, must have been looking at that going, fuck me, I would have been proud of that myself. You know, and, and, and what I mean by this is, yes, it was it was all in vain. Uh, well, really, actually, at the time it wasn't. There was like six or seven minutes still left in the clock, granted, was, because, yeah. of the, because of, of injury time. We mm. couldn't really get the ball back from them, I think, afterwards. They kind of really went into contain mode, into tortoise mode, um, yeah. which is their prerogative and which you would, would expect for, from a team like that. That that's, And remember, when we did the team, the, the pre-match uh, team sheet tantrum, I, I, and I still believe this, West Ham are two years ahead of us with regards to the implementation of even even just the synergy between the team, how the players know each other, or play amongst each other, the implementation of Moise's, uh, Moise's instruction as well. But... Jacob Ramsey, I thought that finish gives me massive hope for, um, you know, this man's development has been fantastic. The carrying mm-hmm. of the ball, the, the 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 ability to play through to play through the center essentially, and then when he comes up and he starts smacking him in from well, outside he, the box. He, 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 was it was it Arsenal? He did it against as well. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. He, he he made a brilliant run for the Norwich goal, but in the end, he smacked it home as well. So he's he's got it in his locker. Um, I thought he looked off the pace Thursday night. And, you know, I give him his dues. I thought he was much better right from the word go. I thought he was much better and much more on it yet on on Sunday for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we also like uh, we've there's there's another kind of thing that I think that that we're going through waves this season, Paddy. Of and I didn't expect this game to be one of those one of those ones where everything went right, but we're going through waves of being very good at set pieces. And getting goals and blocks and bunches from set pieces, and then teams really cutting on to what we're doing, and then having to change it up again. If you know the start of the season, Danny uh, McPhee, absolute legend on the on yeah. the line, you know, a rock star on the line. Yeah. We were getting goals from uh, from set pieces. Courtney House gets a goal from a set piece against Manchester United. We go dry for a while. Gerard comes in. We start getting goals from set pieces again. We go dry. Yeah. I think we got we got a goal. Uh, you know, so. We, but we, in, fair, in fairness, Neil, that, that's how it works. That is how it yeah, works. That's... Un, unless, unless you've got a James Ward-Prowse or a David Beckham in there that is regularly pinging one into the top corner. And let's face it, even James Ward-Prowse has dried up on, on that front as well. So it does go in fits and starts. It, it goes in peaks and troughs. People do study their set pieces. They do work on defending against certain set pieces. They know the signs. They're looking at them all day Friday before they go out at the weekend. That is how the, the modern game is. So you do have to mix it up. And that's why you've got a, an, a, an Austin McPhee there to, to change things up and look at different ways. And I said, the, the only other way you're going to have a team constantly scoring from set pieces 
is if you've got big burly men in the box that are constantly winning headers from corners yeah. or from free and kicks. Tyro oh. Mings had a chance at the very end. Corner came in, I think it was. He was he was on the back post with Dawson, maybe. I think it might have been Dawson. Mm. And he got up over him. And it just came came off the side of his head. Maybe he goes across the goals again and tries to create a screwball scramble moment. You know, that can happen. I remember in the first half, there was a, was, I don't know, was it a free or was it a corner kick where they went low across the box to Coutinho and he fresh aired it. Um, just like which is completely on Coutinho. Like, no, he's yeah. probably going to hit a hit a forest of bodies if he did hit it. But what I was trying to get at was that there was the slight variation to the set pieces, and if we start scoring those again, and I think we're a team at the moment who needs to score from set pieces against the bigger teams to yeah. give ourselves a chance because our chance creation in the second half wasn't good. We missed the two chances we got in the first half. And we did score a goal at the very end from an absolute thunderbolt from outside the box. So um, going back to what I mentioned about West Ham, the synergy of the team, the way they know how to play, the way they implement uh, Moise's game plan. When you bring people off the bench like a Yarmolenko and like, um, who came on? Uh, he said Diop came on. Who came on for Cresswell? Fredericks. When those guys come in again, it's very it's mm. a lot easier to slot in into positions there when you're two, three years down the down the line of uh, of, of implementation. So, um yeah. They're, uh, but like as, as I'm, we, I'm, we said in the team sheet tantrum, they're not a great side. They're just a no. well well set up bunch of players mm. and well managed bunch of players. And you know, financially, they haven't really put a, a whole lot of money into that team. Otherwise, they would have bought the likes of Jesse Lingard at the start of the season or even in January. They, mm. they, I don't believe they could put their hands on that kind of money. We could have, and we didn't. So, you know, we're we're in it for the long haul. You know, yeah, and I think that's why I wasn't getting annoyed, as you say, they're two years, maybe even three years further down from where we are. Um, but I think we'll surpass them quicker than the two if. or three years, if you get me. Yeah, I so, think we surpass them if we can keep things, if we can keep the core group that we have now. Of course, and yeah, and there's you know. Everybody seems to be happy except for Carney. If if what we're being told is true today or yesterday, whatever that came out, which is really annoying me because we could, we could do without uh, we could do without someone saying that he can't see a path to the first team when he's had a number of chances at age eighteen, a lot more chances than Jacob Ramsey has had at that age, and he's a couple of years further down the line. So you know that that annoyed me a bit. That annoyed me more to be listening to those murmurings again than the actual result itself. I think that was, I, I think that comment was a rehash of the old comment, but there was you a think so? to dark. Yeah. I yeah. think it was, it was something that was just slipped in as a rehash yeah. when the link to Dortmund or, uh, came up. But did, know? did Jared, did Jared say something about it? Oh, something over the weekend? He said something about, uh, he did, he did it'd say be decided, something. It'd be decided in the summer. Something along lines of we don't yeah. yeah it, it came across as look we've we've done our speaking on it the, it has to come from the other side now we'll talk in the summer it was kind yeah. of something like, I I could have I could be wrong in in the sentiment from that um mm. but uh yeah we'll I, that's definitely one to one to look at um just just before uh before we 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 leave the topic of the game itself uh yeah just just a little, this is how we actually set up so based on. And, and who scored? This is how the team set up. I've got Ashley Young and I've got Luca Dean here. So Luca Dean usually... Oh, I can't get Luca Dean here. So sorry, lads. There. 
no. Um, okay, so Luca Dean is usually further, far, further, further forward um, in all the other games. But mm-hmm. when in who scored, when somebody goes off as early as that, they don't update the numbers for the person who comes on that plays the more minutes. What they do is they seem to integrate the two players in and then get an average position for the two players. So um, when we look at where Ashley Young came on, Ashley Young, come, Ashley Young comes on and, and, and he plays further further back. So he's, he's attacking prowess, isn't there? And, and as I say, I'd, I'd love nothing more than Ashley Young to come in and be Luca Dean. I just I'm I'm having a difficult time seeing where we can uh, where we get that attacking impetus from the left hand side without Luca Dean in there because because I don't think we get it from Ashley Young at 37 going on 37 years of age. He'll be 37 on the the 20th of July or the 9th of July. Luca Dean is 29 and the night and the 20th of July, and uh, like. Bear in mind as well, guys, Ashley Young didn't start playing the left-back position properly. He played 22 games when he was 32 years of age. And and, and it's just it's just little things like that that, is, that it's all well and good that he could come in for spot places. And until we know how, how long Luca Dean is going to be out, I do think it's going to be an issue, unfortunately. You now, go out there and, and play the best, play the absolute best he can, and he can be solid. It's just what yeah. Luca Dean brings to the team. This isn't me saying Ashley Young is absolute tripe. Absolutely not. Do not take that away from this. It's me saying that Ashley Young can come in there, but we're going to be affected going forward on that left-hand side without Luca Dean. And as a result, if Ashley Young does go up and get forward, we're going to be affected in defence because Luca Dean, for me, is, is a superior left-back to Ashley Young. And I think, it, I think it's a big drop-down. Of all, of all the positions, I think it's probably the biggest drop-down of anyone to get injured um, for somebody to come in is Ashley Young to come in for Luca Dean. That's just my, my opinion on it. But this is the way we set up. Um, West Ham set up this way um i'll try and bring in the bring in their team here so they set up like this um and we can see here where the where the where the, the, the two center halves basically just kept it narrow we can see here 28 is suchek underneath 28 there you'll notice that there's another player that's number 31 that's ben johnson so ben johnson once luca dean came off ben johnson just moved into the middle of midfield crowded out for coutinho in there because they knew we didn't have the oppor- they didn't have the options to get up and down that flank. So this is like this is what the worry is here that they could bring someone in here. To <clears throat> now were we not cute enough to get the ball out to Ashley Young? We should have absolutely done that. We should have maybe got the ball to Ashley Young a small bit more. Maybe pushed him up a small bit more. See where we could, where where, where mm. we could have got got with him. But um, I suppose we'll see a different a different setup with him in there is is kind of what I'm getting at. We can see over here that we have uh, 22 is Ben Rama and um, and Cresswell. They basically pushed Ka- Matty Cash back. I thought Matty Cash had a fine game though. He played well. Antonio stood on Chambers, uh, which was kind of something we were wondering about the, about at the start of the game. Paddy, I think in the team sheet tantrum, we were saying that if we could keep Tyrone Mings away from the physical aspect of, of, of Michael Antonio, yeah. uh, playing to our favour, and, mm-hmm. and, and it kind of did. Douglas Luiz... Well, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Antonio was was targeting Chambers, thinking this guy's only after coming into the team. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a run. And, and that would have been a typical Moyes tactic from, from what I could see. But uh, didn't get any change out of him. Uh, as I said, he was he was missing in action most of the game, so we have to give Chambers a little bit of credit for that too. Absolutely, I think so too. What I see from this is that we set up we set up really well. I like the way that we set up uh, in this game. It's it's a very flu- um, it's a very stable formation. It's a it's a formation. It's a it's a setup that I'd like to see uh, when we are away from home. 
I thought it was a, I thought it was a nice setup away from home so we could stifle the team and we did. Um, I'd love to know what would have happened if Luka Dean had stayed on and we could have stretched them down the left-hand side a small bit more um, and kept Ben Johnson out of going in there into that midfield position because what he did there inside there was he was able to hold, mind the house back there where maybe a Declan Rice runs forward. Maybe Declan Rice doesn't have the opportunity to run forward for that, that, uh, that second goal if he doesn't have cover inside there as well. So just little yeah. things like this. And it's all speculative. An awful lot of what I'm saying here, but it's uh, it's it's trying to rake over the coals of of, of what happened for those two goals, yeah. um, and see if we can get better from it because we and have suppose, Arsenal coming up at the weekend, Paddy, and 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 they're going to, it's it's you know it's it's a, a different, different proposition. proposition, yeah, yeah. I suppose the only thing that, that that baffles me a little bit looking looking at that is why we didn't set up Bailey to come in off the left. He he was constantly yeah. on the right hand side. Now I know he went over there once or twice, but he was predominantly on the right hand side. Um, just just a little thing. But if there was that much space, maybe Gerard saw the space down the right there as well as you can see. So anyway, uh, I think I think potentially, and I'm going to get rid of that here. I think potentially, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I think potentially what we wanted to do was spread them out wider. And uh, as we know, Bailey came on for Ings. So maybe we mm. went a small bit wider because Coutinho would his preference would be to come in off the left. So maybe we went a small bit wider there, and then instead of having Coutinho play straight play straight through the center, uh, and Bailey move over to the left hand side, maybe it was something along those lines. I I, I don't yeah. know. I, I I don't have a position map for for where Bailey played when came on. But, but even when Buendia came in, it was it was a perfect opportunity yeah. to switch them over. I thought, but anyway. Yeah. That's true, but he, he like in fairness to Bailey, he did come in and he did he did hit one rasper of a shot, which was on target as well, yeah. straight at the keeper. Unfortunately, but um, seen a lot of people going all in on him as well this week. I think we just got to be a little bit, you know, standoffish with this. You, you can't you can't be going all in on players who haven't played in months and haven't had much of an opportunity. They're our player. We need we need to get behind them yeah, and back them. Hundred percent. No. You know, there's there's yeah. a number of things I wouldn't be happy with, and 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 Leon Bailey wasn't one of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. A uh, couple of comments there, as we completely neglected the comments tonight. Apologies about that, Sean. Good to see you, Sean KMG. Hi, lads. Grant, grant to be seeing you, and good to be seeing you too, Sean. Uh, Johnny, the Jenny. Hope you're well too, sir. Thank you so much for watching. Um. The game gave us exactly what Stevie said, perspective in our midfield profile, and that's a good message to the owners and music to the fans' ears. I completely neglected to mention that. He did mention something like that in his, uh, in, I can't remember if it was the pre- or post-match interview. He said that it was going to be a test of our midfield, and look, their, their midfield came up trumps, and, but it's, it, it's very difficult to stop that midfield too because they're very good, you mm. know? So it's, uh, it, it, it definitely is... Um, Something if if we can hit catch lightning in a bottle and catch two, and and find two people or find somebody like a Suchek who comes in for what relatively I think he comes in alone and then he signs for like twelve fifteen million for them, you know what's your what's your work now you know um yeah. probably double that and add an extra five onto it, so that's where Villa need to get in, get to in the market and uh, and try and find somebody in that defensive yeah. midfielder position and it, and it is uh, the profile the profile is frightening to, to look at to look at a set piece defending a set piece. And you've got Buendia swinging out of big suit check and stuff like that. Yeah, or yeah. even Coutinho. It's nuts. Yeah. Camera Baby says, thought you were a bit harsh earlier. I didn't think the performance was that bad. We were all classed in the central defensive midfield area. Uh, but there's nothing Jared can mm. do about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do. We, I before I that was more lackluster, I suppose. Yeah, we, we, I, don't, I don't know whether we did we say, we say it was that bad. We, just, we said it was a poor yeah. game, but it was a poor game. It was one of the poorer games of the too, weekend yeah. that I saw. Yeah. Um, I didn't think the performance was that bad, bearing in mind no, that yeah. both teams had played on Thursday night as well. So yeah. it was just it was just a case of, of us not having the wherewithal to break down their system, and that that's the way I looked at it. But we did get a we did get a couple of chances. We you know we. We kept we talked about that Danny Ings chance a few times. So um no, the performance wasn't that bad. The game itself I thought it was terrible. Uh Con Kelly says, Hi lads, hope you're well. Do you think it was the system or fatigue issue caused uh because for me we tucked in too much and it flooded the wide areas, especially notable when Dino went off. Yeah. I, I I think it was more so um I'm not even going to call it the system. I just think it was a series of unfortunate events and it just shows how, how much wit Dini gives us in that, that side of the field. Um, and, and we do need to replace that, whether it's a Jacob Ramsey goes a bit wider, whether it's a continuous starts from out on the left or something, we do need to replace that with because he is, you go back, you watch the Leeds game, you watch, uh, you watch the, um, yeah, just the, I was going to say the Southampton game, but he didn't play in that at all. Um, you go and you watch the Leeds game, see the amount of width that Dini gives us, see the ball that he whips in that Watkins misses that comes to Coutinho and Coutinho puts it in the back of the net. Yeah. Things like that are going to be sorely missed as he bombs mm. up and down that left-hand side um, like it's no one's business and he's a pivotal, pivotal player in this system. He really, mm. really is for me. Um, so Villa Bloke 1970 says, I think Jared needs to take responsibility for most of that result. The team needs changing up. They were blowing before half time. We've co- we've kind of covered that, I think, ourselves, Paddy. Uh, I, I'm I'm 100% okay with being in the minority with thinking that we matched them for um for we didn't match them for physicality, but but I don't think that we we really ran out of steam. I thought if anything, they were looked like the team that were running out of steam before the goal more, and then mm. the goal energized them. Um, but I, 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 I'm okay I with being in the minority with that. Yeah, I th- I, th- I think when he says we were blowing before halftime, to to me that's. We were blowing and struggling to create chances. We we couldn't. We were yeah. just trying to break them down, That's maybe. True. Yeah. Um. But I definitely, I definitely think in the last ten minutes or the last sixteen minutes, we'll call it because it was six minutes injury time. I, I thought I thought we could have we could have <laughs> we had a few more minutes. We probably would have got an equaliser. But hey ho. Yeah. Um. I'll pick out a couple of other ones there. Standing on the word says uh, we should now try a 4 2 2 2. The left back and right back to push up to play wing backs. This way we can have both Bundia and Coutinho behind two strikers, Ings and Watkins. I'm not brave enough to do that yet. I think we get absolutely <laughs> blown out of the water at times. Look, when you look at that, that tactic, Southampton are playing that for years and they still can't master it. Um, yeah. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's. That's a very specific tactic. It'd be great if we could play it because, it, as I say, you, you just go back and you look at any uh, pre-match that we've done for Southampton. It's the weirdest tactic, and teams find it absolutely. If, if a team, if so, if Southampton can get on top of teams like they were in that, that that ten games, it can become really, really difficult to play against. But it becomes so open in other aspects as well. And uh, as I say, that's why uh, Southampton are so erratic sometimes is because of the their formation. Now, it would be it would be great if you could get it seems to be a new um, tactic and, and continent and the continent. It seems to be played a small bit more widely. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the tactic that we have here at the moment. I think I, I think what we're seeing at the moment in the way that we're, the way our team has been set up. Since we start went on that goal scoring spree, I I'm beginning to like it because I think the players seem to seem to be comfortable in it for the time being. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Paddy, thoughts on Bailey's role in the team that doesn't play with wingers, or is he a pseudo striker? We've kind of gone gone over that before, but I'm I, I don't think I'm rolling back on that now. Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave it till the Arsenal preview, and I will I, I will <laughs> encourage people to come back and listen to what I have to say about how Do. I think we should line up against Arsenal. Do. Um, where else are we um, Vish says we have too much depth to be complaining about tiredness we need to utilise the squad and keep all of them well oiled what's the point in having such in-depth squad if not using them at the right time um, Yeah, we've, we've, we we kind of went through that as I yeah. say completely understand that people are going to feel that the team was uh, ran out of steam I think the substitutions I think the substitutions were the right substitutions the, the tactical ones that came on Bundia and, uh, and, and Bailey I can't fault him for bringing those two players on because they were active. Um, and then obviously uh, Ashley Young coming on uh, as left back in, in the first 10 minutes, that, that does limit you from where you can actually freshen things yeah. up as well. So um, I think systematically uh, the, the Ashley Young substitution dictated what we could do in changing up the tactics. But um, um, we do have a good squad. It's nice to have a good squad. And uh, we'll, see. we'll see what Arsenal brings at the weekend. Um, what else have we? What do you guys think about the Mings interview? Didn't see it. I didn't see it either. And I don't even know what reference it is. He did an interview for the Aston Villa Foundation last night, an evening with Tyrone Mings. I presume he's talking about it's available on Villa TV. So that's actually my viewing for this evening, seeing as I've got the TV to myself for a few days. Yeah, it's. Uh, I still haven't watched the. I still haven't watched the Emmy Martinez. Uh, ah, come on, Neil. It's all last week. <laughs> I know it's all last week is right, and I wouldn't mind. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've. I, okay, do you really want to know what's happened? I've moved three tons of soil with my bare hands. I feel like the Bull <laughs> McCabe. Over. If anybody knows the film, the field, I feel like the Bull McCabe. That's what I've been doing. I haven't had time to be watching watching videos. Uh, <laughs> I might do it tonight. We'll see. We'll see. It's 50 minutes. Like, where'd you find 50 minutes with a four-month-old child? God, like, it's barely get out here to do podcasts. And sometimes I have to bring her with me. <laughs> so... <laughs> but uh, yes, I must watch it. I must watch it. I still haven't gotten around to it yet. But uh, yeah, we're beginning to ramble, guys. We actually only really planned on coming out here for 15 minutes, but we got into a nice conversation. Thanks so much to you guys for, for joining us and for, for tuning in. Um. As uh, standing on the word says, if you could hit the like button, the thumbs up button there, that really, really help us. Um, and uh, I really, really appreciate it. If you're not a subscriber to the podcast, really appreciate it if you're to subscribe as well. Um, yeah. Danny, thank you so much for that. Really, really appreciate it. Danny says that he thought we matched West Ham very well. If Fabianski doesn't pull off one of those saves of the season, the game might have ended differently. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the goalkeepers. Fabianski makes a brilliant save. Uh, in the game, but Emmy Martinez makes a dinger of a save from Kartuma's header as well. Yeah. What a save that was! It was brilliant. And I know Dawson comes straight out to Dawson who puts <laughs> it over the bar, but my god, he would like that's that was point blank bullet range, you know. So, uh, the, the, the two goalkeepers did have a big say in the game as well for a game that we were saying was lackluster and didn't have a lot of chances. We're after naming, I'd say, about eight or nine decent chances <laughs> in the game. Um, <laughs> I think it was everything in between those at, at times. Um, but thanks very much, Danny. Really, really appreciate it. And thanks so much to everybody for watching, for listening, as always. And we will be back with a preview show. It won't be tomorrow. Um, 
It probably won't be Thursday because we it's St. Patrick's Day, and you know what us Irish like to do on St. Patrick's Day. Um, it may be Friday, and we may need makeup to cover the black eyes that we will have, uh, the black rings underneath our eyes. Um, but we will be back at some stage before the Arsenal game on Saturday with a preview. And then, obviously, um, we won't... It's, it, sorry, I was going to say, obviously, we will be back with a team sheet tantrum. Just getting it out there, guys, we won't, be, we won't have a team sheet tantrum for Arsenal this weekend um, because both of us are away. And otherwise, uh, we won't be able to get to the computers. So, uh, yeah, all good things and all that. You know, breaking our streak of team sheet tantrums, Paddy. Um, God, we've gone through some of them. I've done them from cars. You've done them. I've done them from cars and bars. And you've done them from Villa Park and the whole White, suite. Um, White Hart Lane. <laughs> yeah, White Hart Lane. Exactly. Yeah. But fortunately, we won't be able to do the one for Arsenal this weekend. But we will be back. Uh, we'll be news in the team sheet tantrum coming actually very, very soon. Um, so keep an ear and an eye out for that. But we're going to wrap it up there for tonight, lads. Thanks so much to everybody. Really, really uh, appreciate everything you do for the podcast. And uh, we will see you later on in the week for a preview of the Arsenal game. But all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.